Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mercy House University podcast. This is the eighth and final episode of our current season, uh, How God Explains Everything. So we've been looking at some different arguments uh, that look at how God explains different aspects of our reality. Um, and this is uh, our, like I said, our last and final episode. And we're going to be looking at uh, the argument from possibility. So Patrick is going to tell us how that's even possible. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, so we're getting like increasingly esoteric, I think, in this uh, series as we you know, look at propositions and possibility uh, here at the end, which is, uh, I think, you know, it's fun, but it is definitely takes some unpacking. Um, possibility is one of those things that, And if you read philosophical work on it, it has lots and lots of jargon. It seems really hard to penetrate, but uh, is actually like, you know, part of our everyday thinking about the world we live in. Um, And so it's fun that there is an argument for the existence of God from just that things are possible. Um, So let me just give you the basic idea of the argument just to get things going. So start with the idea that there are possibilities there not only are there ways that things are like the world is a certain way but there are ways that things could have been but aren't uh there are ways that things have to be there are ways that things couldn't possibly have been and so we call like the ways that things are but might not have been or the way that things could have been but aren't we call those possibilities uh we call the ways that things have to be necessities. We call the ways that things couldn't possibly have been impossibilities. Together, just call all of those like the possibility facts or something like that. So the argument from possibility in, a, in like a nutshell is that in order to make sense of all the possibility facts, we're going to have to posit an omnipotent being. And can you remind us what uh, omnipotence means? Right. So we had uh, an episode about this in our series, Puzzles About God. And in that series, we said uh, there are you know, different ways that you could sort of cash out the idea of omnipotence. An omnipotent being is one that's all-powerful. I think the idea that we favored is that an omnipotent being is a being with all possible power or all of the powers that there are, was I think the way we put it. Cool. All right. So what exactly is possibility since it seems to be like crucial to this argument? Yeah, it's a good place to start. And I do think that if somebody's interested more in this, it would be worth uh, going back and listening to that episode on omnipotence. I think it was called, Can uh, God Make a Rock So Big That God Can't Lift It? Um, But, okay, so simply put, a possibility is just a way things could be. That's how I was talking about it a second ago. And a big question for philosophers who think about possibility is what makes it the case that some things are possible, some things are impossible, some things are necessary. We 
we labeled all these the possibility facts a second ago, just what makes the possibility facts what they are? Well, there are different explanations that different philosophers have given, but it seems like a really good explanation, maybe the best explanation, is that things have certain powers. Uh, so if you want to hear like a more impacts about the idea of powers, like I said, go listen to that episode on omnipotence. But here's like a basic way of thinking about it. There are these uh, properties that things have that make them able to do stuff. So just take some intuitive examples. The Giants, the baseball team, could have won the game. Say they lost. We, we might say they could have won the game. Well, why would we say that? Because they're pretty good at baseball. That is, the players on the team have powers like being able to hit the ball far, throw the ball far, run fast, etc., that are relevant to performing well at a baseball game. Um, you might say the apple had to fall, say when you dropped it. And what's behind that? Well, the apple and the earth each have like uh, certain mass powers or mass properties that in conjunction with the laws of gravity guarantee that the apple will fall when you drop it. Um, you might say, don't drop the vase because the vase will probably break or something. Well, the vase has this fragility to it, which you might think is something like a, it's like a disposition, which is kind of like a power. It's like if, if dropped, likely to break. I think it's important here to emphasize that this isn't some like weird alternative to science that philosophers have cooked up. This is just, this is actually one way of interpreting some of the things that science tells us. So like science can tell you that, you know, there's a certain gravitational law and, and this law, you know, says that masses attract each other in certain ways. But then there's this further question about, well, exactly why do they do that? And, um, that question kind of turns out to be the question like, well, what does it even mean for there to be like, you know, a law of gravity? Like what sort of a thing is that or what sort of a thing explains that? And this story here is, is to say, oh, well, maybe, you know, the, uh, objects in the world have these like properties, like mass, um, massive objects just have this like uh, this power property that in virtue of which they attract each other according to the law of gravity or something. Right, yeah. So that on this view, mass turns out to be kind of like fragility, a disposition to act a certain way in certain circumstances. Like dis like fragility is a disposition to break when dropped. Mass is a disposition to uh, move towards other massive objects according to certain, like the principles described by the laws of gravitation. Right. Yeah. So people who like this view will say that the laws of nature are basically just um, regularities that are the result of the fact that things have the powers that they do. They yeah, reflect like say, patterns in the powers things have. Yeah. You could say they're like good descriptions of how uh, things with certain powers are disposed to act. Cool. That's really helpful. And yeah, it's especially good to note that Questions about possibility are really closely related with questions about laws of nature. Uh, great. 
Okay, so hopefully that helps us get a feel for what we're talking about when we talk about possibility. Uh, a good way to understand possibility is in terms of just what powers things have. And if something's not possible for you, uh, it's because you're lacking certain powers is a good explanation. And if something is possible for you, it's because of the powers that you have. And all of that uh, you know, is a little bit complicated by the powers that other things in your environment have and the way those things interact. But um, that's a, like a good framework for understanding possibility. For everything that we know of, right, there's there are some some limited or finite amount of power, right? Right. Uh, that so how and and thinking back to our episode on on, on omnipotence, how do how would all of the things we see in our experience that have these finite amounts of power of different kinds, different dispositional, different dispositions? Why does that or how does that lead us to an an omnipotent being, like one that has all the powers? Yeah, great question. All right. Well, start, okay. Start with this idea. It seems like things could have gone differently than they have. Um, so we've already said that there are possibilities in the sense of things that uh, could have been but aren't. So some of them are really mundane, like uh, you might have had cereal for breakfast, but you had eggs instead. And some of them are a little bit more far out. I could have been a, a plumber, but I, I've uh, gone to grad school in philosophy instead. And some of them maybe are even farther out. Like there could have been different laws of nature, maybe. Like E equals MC cubed instead of E equals MC squared. So it doesn't seem at all far-fetched to say that, there, that things could have been radically different than they are, in fact. So that uh, some of the unrealized possibilities can't be, couldn't have uh, sort of been made true by any of the powers that we find in nature. If these unrealized possibilities are so extreme, it would, they would require powers that nothing in nature has. That is, nothing in nature has the power to realize something like that E equals MC cubed. Okay, so if it's the case that what's possible depends on what powers there are, then it seems like something outside of nature has to have the powers that ground those possibilities, since nothing in nature does. So that means something outside of nature has at least some of the powers that there are. Okay. So something outside of nature has some powers. There, there are definitely, like, there are powers that nothing in nature does possess. And so the best explanation is that there must be something outside of nature which possesses those powers. And why should we think that this omnipotent being, uh, this being that has certainly an excess of power beyond what anything in nature has. Um, I guess why should we think that is necessarily has all the powers? Great. Yeah. And so then, I, yeah. Yeah. So we we have to posit something outside of nature that has what like whatever is left over, whatever is whatever powers aren't exemplified in nature or whatever powers nothing in nature has. But why think it's omnipotent? 
it would be pretty random to think that there is a supernatural being that happens to have all and only the powers that nothing in nature has. That'd be a pretty odd posit. So, you know, it has the power to realize uh, events that nothing in nature can realize or possibilities that nothing in nature can realize, but it can't do anything we can do. It's utterly incapable of doing anything natural. Um, a much more natural posit, or well, natural is maybe a, a bad word there, much, a much, something that makes a lot more sense is to think that if something has all of the like supernatural powers, all of the powers that nothing in nature has, the best explanation would be that it has all of the powers. Yeah, so you could construe this as an inductive generalization. You could say, mm -hmm. look, you know, this reasoning about what makes things possible has led us to conclude that something has the power to make, you know, other laws of nature and stuff like that possible. Exactly. So, and then you might think, well, okay, why does this thing have all of that power? Well, maybe the best explanation is because it has all the powers. Another, you need all the powers anyway to explain all the possibilities. And if so, if at least one thing has a whole bunch of them, maybe that one thing just has all of them. It's like the ultimate source of all possibility. Seems right. like so, a nice clean theory. Yeah, so that's what I, that's the inference that I'd like to make. Another reason I think that adds weight to it, though, is that when we think about possibility, we think that what's possible uh holds necessarily and independently of us uh that's just that's intuitively the case you know what like it's possible that the dinosaurs might have lived longer than they did that doesn't seem to have anything to do with like uh you know what we think to be the case it's just totally objective it that's true and it would have been true no matter which of us had existed or not what powers we might have had. And so if you posit an omnipotent being, that a being that has all powers and exists necessarily, that being can serve as the ground for a possibility that's objective and necessary. Whereas if part of the ground of possibility is in a bunch of beings that exist contingently, it's not clear that you're grounding it in the same way. All right. So suppose that we um, decide that, yeah, you know, there is some omnipotent being, some being that has all the powers that there are, which ultimately explains why everything that's possible is possible. Why should we think that the, this omnipotent being is God? Yeah. Well, hopefully the listener uh, who has you know, gone through the whole series with us knows the answer. Uh, you know, can rehearse it in their own mind at this point, but we'll do it one more time. So if you've got an omnipotent being who exists necessarily, you've got a being with a very high degree of perfection. And the best explanation that any being would have that degree of perfection is that they have all the perfections. So we have the same kind of argument we've been rehearsing in each episode from one or two you know, uh, big perfections to a being that has all the perfections to a perfect being.
Right. And again, for the, as usual, for the details about why that inference makes sense, you can consult the first episode in the series. Yeah. All right. And so that's how God explains everything. That's how God. We did it. We did it. Right. Yeah. Uh,